be resilient in yeah, changing, uh, changing the stuff that needs to be changed um, and question again and again uh, what needs to be changed. Welcome back to another episode of the Innovation Roundtable Insights podcast. That's Salima Dulin. At our workshop hosted by GE Power in Berlin, Salima discussed the startup collaboration strategy of Hankel X Ventures, how the unit leverages POCs to enable business units to collaborate with startups, as well as the guiding principles and processes needed for successful and agile collaboration. We hope you enjoy this episode. Salima, thank you very much for joining uh, me in that uh, studio here, and thank you for giving a presentation, and um, we're looking forward to seeing you later on the panel. Um, maybe we can start the interview by you just briefly explaining uh, who you are, what company you work for, and uh, what role you have currently. Yeah, my pleasure to have the interview with you, so thank you very much. Yeah, my name is Salima, Salima Duven. Um, I'm working for Henkel now since almost 12 years. Um, I started there in the area of adhesive technologies, uh, so Henkel is uh, divided into three big business units um, and in the area of uh, adhesive technologies I was starting uh, to work for the automotive section and doing there all kind of uh, marketing communication related topics and then very soon I had the opportunity to move over to uh, our um, consumer business and working there in the area of at that time we called it new media uh, so digital at the end and uh, yeah, today I'm working in our newly established uh, unit, Henkel X Ventures, and I'm the head of Open Innovation. Let me ask about that new, uh, new unit you are talking about. You talked about also in the presentation about the three different business units and that you basically work together with all of them uh, cross-functionally cross in, in a way. Where is that uh, new unit, Henkel X, where is it placed kind of from an organizational perspective? but also from a geographical perspective of physical, where's the physical space? Mm -hmm. The physical space is mainly in Düsseldorf, where our headquarter is, um, simply for the reason that um, there, of course, we have a lot of internal contacts. The business units um, are, are there, of course. I mean, Henkel is a very global organization, and um, we are present in uh, more than 100 countries. But the, um, the headquarters is still, I mean, very important for us, and um, Henkel X Ventures is placed in Dusseldorf, but we also have colleagues that um, are partly working from Berlin, because Berlin is, of course, a very important uh, ecosystem, and um, that's for us a very nice combination. Um, and organizational-wise, Henkel X Ventures is a unit um, that is directly reporting uh, to our CEO. What I found interesting in the, in the presentation, you talked about uh, POCs in a different way uh, what you've learned basically and the new way you are looking at POCs this year. Maybe you can elaborate a bit more on, on what those learnings were and why are you changing and, and focusing more this year? Yes, so the proof of concept, the POCs are for us um, a very uh, important methodology or approach to collaborate with startups and to bring startups into the organization. And uh, we started actually very lean um, by having, that was beginning of 2018, um, uh, pitch nights, so we called it uh, startup pitch nights, where we brought together the, um, uh, the business units, um, depending on, let's say, the startup that came in to present their services and their products. Then, for example, we had marketing people joining or people from uh, purchasing supply chain and so on. And the whole purpose was to bring, let's say, together startups with our businesses in order to uh, collaborate and to start um, joint projects. So that's the intention what we uh, what we wanted to, to do with proof of, proof of concepts. 
And throughout the time, actually, um, we saw that there are so many different interesting startups and so many opportunities um, we could yeah, leverage actually for our business that we brought that into, let's say, a different approach. Um, so now we are focusing a lot on um, startups that are in certain areas very active um, because we are focusing on um, new ways of working of technologies um, that are, for example, in the space of artificial intelligence or IoT or marketplaces um, or direct-to-consumer. So we are then selecting the startups. Um, and on the other hand side, we're also doing a lot of demand sensing with our business units. So getting really their pains, their challenges, and then we as Henkel X Ventures um, can have a look which startups might be a very good match so that they can work together um, to solve those business uh, challenges. Um, and this proof of concepts for us are now, um, as I said, very important because on the one hand side, it brings in definitely a new way of working, uh, but also new perspectives um, and technologies um, our business units can leverage. Last year, we had the focus on running a lot of POCs um, in, in very many different areas. And um, that was sometimes also a little bit difficult for the business units to swallow because, I mean, for them, it's all um, on top of their other things, uh, what they're doing. And this year, we are focusing much more um, with the focus areas I just mentioned, like um, uh, IoT and artificial intelligence, for example. And then we also figured out that it's very important that we as Henkel X Ventures um, accompany those proof of concepts. So it's not only that we are initiating, let's say, the match and uh, the first contact between startups and business units, but throughout the, the proof of concepts as such, also being part of it, uh, ensuring that um, they are uh, working towards the same objectives, that it's very clear what the outcome of such a proof of concept is supposed to be, um, having a midterm review to then see whether we need to twist or adjust the proof of concept, um, and then also being very transparent um, together with the startup and the business units, whether this proof of concept was successful according to what has been defined at the beginning as, um, uh, yeah, as objective. Uh, because the ultimate goal for us is if a proof of concept is uh, successful, that um, we want to further collaborate with the startup and ideally onboard them um, as one of our yeah, suppliers is maybe the wrong, wrong word, um, but as a partner to uh, work beyond a proof of concept. Let me step one step back basically in the process of uh, you, you mentioning also uh, selecting the startups mm -hmm. and and how do you uh, scout and select? What are basically the criteria? You mentioned like very clear um, objectives in yeah. terms of areas uh, that is interesting of business unit needs basically. But what other criteria is important that are more maybe general and not so technical? Yeah. When we are talking about the startups we are doing proof of concepts with, um, for us it's important that we have a startup that, that can be, let's say, in an early stage, but definitely they need to have um, already a product life. Because otherwise it is probably difficult also for a startup to uh, handle and to work with such a big corporation than we are. Um, because, of course, we want to, let's say, also jointly further um, develop together with a startup, um, potentially their products. And we did that also in the past, that we collaborated with a startups, startup. And throughout this collaboration, let's say, they also adjusted their uh, portfolio um, or their, their route to market. Um, but that is not the, the usual case. So therefore, it's for us important that um, we have startups that also know a little bit already how it is working with big corporations, uh, because the rules are just um, what they are sometimes, um, and otherwise it would it, it probably would not be um, a positive uh, yeah, result at the end um, if, if we're there not uh, on the same page. So that's for us very important. Um, 
And then it is um, that, I mean, we're starting the, the startups throughout the network that uh, we have. Um, we are running um, a lot of network events, for example, um, but we also have uh, people that are very well connected um, and um, are just uh, searching a lot also and having a look uh, who is interesting. We got also a lot of recommendations. That's a nice thing about having a, a very uh, well-working ecosystem um, that you meet one person who's recommending you to, for example, another startup and so on. Um, and that's how it's, uh, it's building up and um, yeah, building on top of each other. Yeah, you mentioned uh, startups also knowing how to work with corporates or having experience with that is a big plus. What um, in, in the presentation I remember you also talking about when uh, that collaboration works through you, Henkel X, then there are some, you know, you can, there are some special uh, rules and regulations or at least uh, some shortcuts in, in some ways. Right. How, how did you organize, how did you put that in place with, I'm thinking about legal, I'm thinking about also supply chain, sometimes procurement and all of yeah. these uh, functions within Hengel. Yeah, that, that's a very important uh, aspect and for us also very important um, to solve that at the beginning when we were uh, starting to collaborate with startups. Because usually, I mean, as a big corporation, you have your certain processes, how you're working with suppliers um, and how, let's say, selection processes uh, need to be uh, met and so on, you need to go through. But it was for us very clear if we want to be very fast and want to be very agile, um, we need to bypass certain things. But of course, we don't want to violate um, the general rules uh, within our company. So then we sat together with uh, purchasing, for example, with legal, but also with our IT department to come up with the so-called POC frame um, that we can apply when we as Henkel X Ventures um, would like to run a proof of concept with a startup. And that means within a certain frame, um, we, can, we can directly jump uh, on a project with a startup so there is there there isn't um, a tender then uh, going uh, before um, and we can run the proof of concept within a certain limit of budget within a certain limit of um, a country scope uh, within a certain limit of use but still it gives a lot of freedom to really work out um, yeah a great project and um, to really check whether the collaboration makes sense across, let's say, Henkel, um, and this in a very fast way. And uh, that helps us a lot to also gain the credibility um, for or with the startup, um, that they also see, okay, they are dealing with a big corporation, but uh, in, a, in a different way. And that helps us also to um, yeah, drive credibility also with the, or for the business units, uh, because we enable them uh, to jump on the project very quickly um, and that would not have been worked before or without that special rules uh, that we were able to establish. But it took at the beginning, let's say, some, uh, some time or some discussions um, because, of course, that was a new approach. But at the end, um, all the functions were very helpful and very willing uh, to support this approach because they saw um, also the value in it. And I think we had um, then a very nice um, yeah, setup established. Do you have then some kind of champions within those uh, different functions uh, that can help you, especially in that process, or is it a simple process that the functions more generally can follow? Or do you have specific people that, that really know how to support Henkel X and that startup collaboration 
Um, no, we don't have, let's say, go-to persons. I mean, there are some people in the business units that we are working more with uh, because it is simply that uh, more PLCs um, uh, fall into their area. Um, but at the end, it depends on the proof of concept that we are running with whom in the business units we are working with. Um, and that can be someone in marketing, that can be also someone in sales, that can be someone in supply chain, often it's also new colleagues um, that, that we haven't been in touch with before. So that's, I think, uh, very much depending uh, by the proof of concept and by the respective project team. Common is that we are then set, um, putting together a project team, um, someone from Henkel Ventures. Henkel X Ventures is in someone from the business unit, um, of course, someone from purchasing at the beginning, but they're not part of the normal project team. Um, and then together, with the startup, we are going through that proof of concept uh, phase where we're then saying, okay, let's have a joint kickoff um, where we are very clear about um, the, uh, the KPIs and the objectives, what we want to achieve. Um, we keep it very lean with regards to documentation. Um, and then let's say the project is kicking off and is starting to run. Then we do this um, midterm review, and then at the end, and um, a proof of concept runs max six months. Um, so it's also very um, uh, let's say, uh, limited with regards to the timing, which absolutely makes sense. Um, and then there is this final review um, where then we can have jointly a look together. If you look at uh, Henkel X as a, as a whole, basically, what, and when you look at uh, looking for, for the needs of some of the business units and then looking for startups on the other side, there are different models of how you can collaborate. I mean, ranges from investing into co-development and mm -hmm. so on. How do you decide which kind of model you go for? It is, of course, very context-specific mm -hmm. and project-dependent, mm -hmm. but are there some, some thoughts that you have on, on what, when you would go for investing uh, or when you would go for uh, co-development or um, a different model of so it can be both ways, right? That, for example, we are identifying a startup um, and that happened uh, last year. We went, uh, our colleague uh, went to a conference uh, in Dusseldorf, uh, uh, saw a very interesting startup, uh, brought that, let's say, to Henkel X Ventures' attention. Um, we had, let's say, certain further contacts with them. We were starting to run proof of concepts with them. And then also our um, venture investment uh, team was very much aware of that they have a very great track record. They are very unique with regards to what they're doing so that this then resulted in an investment. Um, it's, and in parallel, we were running proof of concept. So that, that can be one route, let's say. But the other route can also be that the investment team is, is scouting uh, startups where they think, okay, they have um, a great uh, team in place. Um, it is a very unique solution. Um, and they bring that to, let's say, the venture business team's attention to say, okay, please uh, have a look at that startup up um, and uh, run a proof of concept um, so that we can also further explore and further um, yeah, uh, get to know each other um, before an investment, for example, uh, takes place. doesn't need to be, but that's also what sometimes uh, happens. So I would say it is, let's say, not only the one way um, how we are coming from uh, proof of concepts to investments or vice versa. Um, and sometimes there are also uh, startups we're investing in where it doesn't make sense to run a proof of concept because they are maybe uh, fur further away from our core business uh, where there is then simply not a relevant use case at this time now uh, to run a proof of concept. One of the tricky questions is always <clears throat> uh, about scaling. Um, and 
you know, going basically beyond the proof of concept mm -hmm. and then trying to apply this, whatever the use cases are, um, and trying to scale that um, that solution or maybe it being a, a supplier, a future supplier, and so on. What are your experiences with that, with that scaling period, and what is important there, and how how do you deal with that also with the business units, and when when it's basically off your table? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an interesting uh, question because. Exactly this topic of when is it off our table is, I think, uh, a little bit fluid um, because, of course, we say, well, if there is the startup now onboarded as a partner and everyone can work with it, that doesn't mean that uh, the entire Henkel world knows about it and is jumping, let's say, on that new service. So I think it still needs um, some efforts or some, let's say, support on, on our end to introduce the startup, let's say, to uh, the different areas because then we're also talking about different locations, different regions where we think the solution is, is very interesting to um, or where we think or where we see there is a need let's say that um, the startup can also expand their area of business to a different region that would be very helpful for us, let's say. So then we're going more into this kind of co-development. Um, so this, this scaling part, I think, needs still support and it makes sense that we are still supporting that. Um, and on the other hand side, we can also leverage a lot that from a corporate, um, let's say, global level, we can establish then, I don't know, frame contracts, for example, that cover... Um, a certain a certain scope, so that then the different regions can uh, can leverage that. Um, but it is it is definitely uh, a topic that's not I don't know self going. Um, it, it needs further support. Yeah. In the presentation, you mentioned a specific kind of person as team members, basically uh, very resilient. They, what is your um, your experience with the whole recruiting and putting up and finding the right people for the very small team that you mentioned uh, of, of 10 people yeah. running, running so many projects. Yeah. Well, maybe sharing here a personal, a little bit of personal story, because when I had the opportunity then to switch from my previous adhesives role, I was running digital uh, for the unit of, of adhesives on a global level, and then I had the opportunity to uh, move over to that newly established team under the CDO, Ramin Kress, who was putting together his team. And um, for me, it was clear that I want to be part of that, because if digital plays a crucial role um, at Henkel, then it then it's there. Um, so I was more or less uh, yeah, the first one who would raise the hand and jumped over. Um, and many colleagues reacted to, to my move like, um, well, uh, Salima, are you sure? I mean, you don't know what's, uh, what's expecting or what you can expect. You are very courageous. That, that was the reaction. And I, I totally did not understand what they meant by this. Um, and then throughout, let's say, the, the development of the team and so on, and, and what we did, um, and, and also the getting to know better um, the obstacles of the organization, I understood that there was a lot of cultural resistance, maybe the wrong word, but a, little, a lot of cultural topics um, that were with this change going on. Um, and at the beginning, it, it was not that the people internally jumped, let's say, uh, into the new team. Um, but that has totally changed. I mean, now uh, there are many people in the organization who see we're doing interesting things, we're moving uh, things further and so on, who would like to join our team, but also externally as, um, yeah, we are also sharing a lot externally what we are doing. Um, so I, I think that's a, a very nice change of, um, yeah, of how things are, are moving forward with regards to uh, attract people. And today, no one is asking uh, anymore uh, or, or giving me the comment that I was at that time courageous to move because I think now it's, it's, uh, it's yeah, for them uh, very obvious 
um, that's an interesting place to be. And Henkel X Ventures helps also a lot um, for um, recruitment of external people because people see that under this roof um, of Henkel X Ventures, Henkel is also changing. Um, as a very traditional company uh, with a great history, I think that is um, a very attractive um, sign or a very attractive approach to be part of a very traditional, uh, very solid, uh, successful company who has also the ability uh, to change and um, to show this change in the unit of Henkel X Ventures. Let me ask you um, about leadership. Now I'm dropping leadership into this and, and this world of where the external world is on the one side and then the internal world is on the other. And obviously there's also a lot of uh, resistance, I would say, on, on, one on the one hand and uncertainty for sure uh, in the whole uh, setup. How, um, how do you deal with this from a leadership perspective, also thinking about the team? Yeah. Um... I think on the one hand side, um, we're dealing with that by communicating and showing a lot um, what we are doing and um, that there is a certain purpose behind and um, sharing examples. On the other hand side, we also had a very big, um, or we have still a very big initiative with regards to upskilling and um, yeah, analyzing which kind of capabilities we want that our employees have. And that was a project we initiated um, together with HR. Um, and this was more or less running or is still running in two streams where we said on the one hand side, we need to ensure that everyone in the company knows the basics. So the general knowledge about digitalization. That's, it's about defining the right terms and that we, we want that people are able to understand what the terms are when it comes to what is industry 4.0, what is an MVP and so on. So the typical topics, you can read it in the newspapers and we want that everyone in the company knows about that. Um, on the other hand side, we said, well, it's, it's very important for specific groups, for specific um, uh, roles, job roles, that we keep those people with the right capabilities. And so for example, marketing is changing a lot. Um, we want that our marketeers feel very well equipped um, to go through the transformation there, that they are ahead of the curve. Um, and that also meant um, that we were assessing where are we today with regards to the capabilities and where do we actually want to be. And I think this gave a lot of um, momentum and a lot of um, yeah, positive impact because our employees also saw that they are part of that journey. And it's not that they need to be afraid because um, we now need totally different uh, skill set. It's something that is evolving over time. And we're also very clear about that the change does not happen overnight and that skills that are required um, are not just, uh, let's say, coming through one training that you are doing. So it, it takes some time. And through that initiative, I think um, our people got very well informed about where the journey goes to what's also expected from them. And um, this was very much driven then also by um, certain leaders in the organization uh, who all took more or less the responsibility to drive within the organization um, this yeah, initiative of upskilling, which is still ongoing. So that is nothing that is, uh, has ended yet. Um, but it was a big uh, uh, lever and a big uh, support to, yeah, slow down this, um, this discussions of, uh, well, do I have my job tomorrow? How insecure is everything? I don't know what's expected. I think the people um, know that we want them to be part of the journey and that we give them really the opportunity um, and to keep them with um, yeah, the right methods and the right trainings. Last question. What would you say was uh, one of the most important learnings you've had in 
in, uh, in this, in this, especially in this Henkel X journey. That's but, yeah. But you can also reflect from past roles. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, a very big question because probably there are so many learnings yeah. on the way. But for me, still the big learning is that um, it's it's all about the network. Um, and as I also said in my presentation, um, Henkel is an efficiency-driven uh, company, and we like to really, if we contribute to something or invest into something, we want to have, I mean, uh, a clear benefit. Um, and of course, with if you are operating in a network-affected area, um, then you sometimes don't know where this one contact maybe lead to. Um, and seeing the value into that um, is, I think, very, very crucial. What um, uh, I think I learned also um, a lot, uh, plus the topic of yeah, just be resilient in yeah, changing, uh, changing the stuff that needs to be changed um, and question again and again uh, what needs to be changed and don't come with that uh, mindset of, we did it uh, the last years like that, and uh, if we want to do something new, that uh, will never work. Sometimes, from time to time, I also yeah, see myself uh, having this thought like, no, that, that will not work, and then I think, sorry, you cannot think like that. Um, so that is for me also um, a very interesting or very important uh, learning. Thank you very much for that uh, interesting and pleasant conversation. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You can find our show in most podcast apps. Subscribe for free to get the latest episodes. The video and the transcript of this podcast and all of our other exclusive interviews can be accessed via innovationroundtable.online. The Innovation Roundtable online network is your portal to a wide variety of exclusive content, including video presentations, interviews, insights reports, and articles. Not only that, innovationroundtable.online is also a place where you can connect with thousands of other corporate innovators share experiences, request collaborations, and gain inspiration from your peers. Our network is exclusively for innovation, HR, and marketing practitioners in large firms. So visit innovationroundtable.online to discover more and request your 15-day free trial account.